When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog This is Nicole's Gazing Night Welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. Oh, this was a really fun one. We did something a little different, which is that uh, Viviana Olin and Matt Harkin, who run the THNK 1994 Museum, which is like this independent museum that does all these different pop culture themes, they recently did one on Grey's Anatomy, and I felt really excited that we they got to come on the podcast and talk about their experience with Grays and the exhibit and what it was like to put it together and some of the things that they had in it. And we just talk about Grays in general, which is really great and a really fun time. Um, as I'm recording this, the most recent episode that's come out was Grays 350th, which is absolutely bananas. Um, I don't know how many of you guys who listen currently watch, but I genuinely sobbed. <laughs> I cried really hard when I was watching it and it was truly good. And I feel really proud of my friend Meredith Gray. Um, I also feel proud of Ellen Pompeo who turned 50 last week and looks the way that she looks and is the way that she is. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. God bless her. <laughs> um, yeah, there are really exciting things happening in the cast world of Grey's. Katerina Scorsoni, which I think is how you say her name. She plays Amelia. She's pregnant for real, which makes sense then that she her character is pregnant. It's all coming together. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Kelly McCreary's actual sister played her cousin two episodes ago, and it seems like they had an amazing time. <laughs> I felt very happy for them. I still haven't done like the great 2019 Grey's wedding recap that I've meant to do. But, you know, as we come up on the end of this calendar year, it's really stunning to think about how many Grey's cast members got married. Uh, I don't think I'll ever say more about it than that. But Kelly McCreary got married. So did the guy uh, Giancomo, uh, however you say his last name, who plays DeLuca. He got married in Italy. Character study. Um, <laughs> who else got married? Oh, Joe. Uh, Camilla Luddington got married. Do you feel proud? Do you feel happy? Do you want to know who was invited to whose weddings? I know the answer to those, and it just came from some hard-won Instagram stalking. Uh, yeah, those are kind of all of my like personal updates as I reflect on this year. 
Uh, we have just a few more episodes left before the end of the year, and I take a long sleep. Uh, you can always tweet me at nsilverberg with thoughts about Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I always love to hear them. Uh, if I don't reply to your tweet or I don't like it or something, chances are I actually didn't see it because I have very hard notification filters. And if you have not confirmed your email and phone number, <laughs> I won't see it because I found that checking those two boxes, um, removed the bulk of trolls. <laughs> so I know that you're not trolling me when you talk about Grays, but unfortunately I won't see it if you haven't done some like hard confirmations on your identity with your account. Yeah. And I think that that's about it. Wow. A little bit of intro, a little bit of musing on Grays, little reflection, little housekeeping. What more could one ask for? Uh, yeah. If you're wondering if I sound congestion, congested, it's because, yes, you guessed it. I have my third sickness of <laughs> this season. Uh, that's a little bit of a personal update. Okay. I've checked all the boxes. Let's get right into the episode. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I'm so excited for this episode because I have two guests who have taken a love for Grey's Anatomy in um, an equally obsessive but different direction as I have. Well, you might say that this podcast, you might say that it's a feast for the ears. Uh, uh, my guests have created a Grey's experience that's, you know, for the ears, the eyes, the body. I'll stop teasing it and just tell you my guests are Viviana Olin and Matt Harkins and they are the creators of the Think 1994 Museum who recently had an exhibit on Grey's Anatomy. Hey guys. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited that you're here. Before we get into the museum and all of that, although I don't know, that might end up tying into sort of this first part, but my first question I always ask is, what is your Grey's journey? Grays first came into my life um, in my first year of college because I was going to school in Seattle. Oh my gosh, authentic. And I remember <laughs> on the little shuttle bus, somebody was like, Did you guys see Gray like that new show, Gray's Anatomy, last night? It's a, it takes place in Seattle. And I was like, hmm, I live in Seattle. <laughs> um, so I definitely like watched the first season and I was like, oh my God, this is like everything. But I kind of came away from it. Uh, then when we started working on the Grays exhibit with ABC, um, it was like our 10th exhibit. And we was like, okay, we have to revisit Grays and like we have like a month to do it. Uh -huh. So uh, we watched all of Grays Anatomy in I would say like three to four weeks time. Oh, heroic. And it was maybe the greatest time of my life. <laughs> I mean, the roller coasters that I went on that like uh, it's just it was just like it was so many emotions mm -hmm. in such a short period of time. Um, yeah, it was like it was like going through um, puberty again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you watched it when you were living in Seattle, how many seasons did you watch? I really um, went on the first season, and then little, you know, and then I kind of dropped out of college and started wandering. <laughs> yeah. So um, life gets in the way. Yeah, but, you, you know, know Grace always time comes back. <laughs> I love, literally, love to hear it. Um, had you watched Grey's before? I had seven? not. I had I had only known of Katherine Heigl. 
Okay. Fair. That was like my, I remember when Grey's came out. I remember um, like people watching it, but I just never got into it. And I think maybe it was like, I felt like I had watched ER. Yeah. And I sort of just felt like, no, I, this isn't my friend. Like it's like been reanimated in some way Absolutely. at the time. It's how I feel about New Amsterdam and The Resident, even though I've been told by many people I would like it. The commercials look really good. The Good Doctor, which I have watched some of and it's not for me. But I really respect people for whom it is for. But it's yeah. not Grace. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just really relate to saying like, oh, those aren't my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my friends work in a hospital and it's actually a different hospital from this. And I like that hospital yeah, better. Yeah, it's but a little bit grittier. So it's like more real probably seeming from the commercials. I remember the time this felt like I was like, this is like ER, but softer. Yeah. Um, well, I, their original um, like ad campaign was definitely like, what if sex in the city, but doctors? Yeah. And you can tell in like those early seasons when they would have the full uh credit sequence where they're like pouring a martini which becomes an iv it's like that's not <laughs> actually the, they never leave the hospital and this is not at all what the show is about but i respect an ad campaign it is it is one of the sexiest shows yeah ever yeah so what struck you i mean i can't imagine i've binged the show a lot but i can't imagine watching that much of it for the first time in that short of a period, did you, what were like your major takeaways from watching the show? It was just absolutely like every, every time an episode ended, it was like, I could not shove more into my mouth faster. Yeah. I was like also shocked just about like how much sex they have in that hospital. Um, yeah, they work there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like always And there. it's also like a sanitary medical space. And then I supposedly. also <laughs> I also went like from like who the hell does Lexi think she is? Where did she come from? To like, oh my god, I love Lexi so much within like a span of like a week. Right. So like And for some of us it took, you know, yeah, it like was probably a week a to slow week. Draw. I was like, yeah. yeah. I, I love Lexi. She's, I love her. And I think that the way that they introduce her is such like, a, like, it's so fair. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it's not her fault that her dad is Thatcher Gray. Mm -hmm. But it is her fault that she assumes that Meredith wants to be a little sissy to her at first. Yeah. And it, that she, you know, it's like, it's like not her fault that she flirted with McDreamy. Yeah, she didn't know. She but didn't know. you just want to, like, strangle yeah, her. Yeah, but you're like, <laughs> who the, get away from him. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, okay, so you liked Lexi. What other, I'm, I'm just so curious about what other. I, I Addison just being the most glamorous yeah. person on the planet, it's, right? It's weird that she's on so little of the show, considering how big of an impact she has. Like, the spinoff came so early. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, I just could have – and I tried to watch the spinoff, and I was like – because I, I just needed more Addison. But I was yeah. like, no, just get her back over there. Yeah, it's just – it's a different – it's just such a different setting and such a different cast of characters that – it's not that she's a different character as much as it's just, like, the things that you love about Addison aren't as relevant mm -hmm. with these new people because they're, like, this really close-knit group of friends, and she's – estranged from some of them and then other ones she's like what are these people's problem and yeah I watched half of Private Practice but yeah. it was only for six seasons I mean that's that was, like that's a fair chunk yeah there are rumors that uh that Kate will be returning 
That would be very nice. Well, you know, she has a signature scent. She has a, her own cologne or perfume that she makes now. It's called Boyfriend. I love that. Yeah. What if you were like, it's called Bad Judge <laughs> <laughs> because she really misses her project, Bad Judge. I tried to watch that show. I mean, I did watch it. I tried I tried <laughs> I tried to watch it for as long as it was on and it was not on for that long. I don't remember that one. Did she play like a the titular character? <laughs> yeah, she actually was I think she was I think she was bad judge and not bad teacher. Now I feel like I need to uh look it up. <laughs> that was the year of bad moms, bad oh, teachers. Oh no bad, bad teacher judge. was Cameron Diaz for okay, sure. Yeah. So she bad judge though she could have been. Yeah, bat. Okay, here we that go. That was like two years after everything was like Good Wife. Right? Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> can you believe? Oh I'm my sure god! I'm the photo. You know the color palette of that ad. I do remember it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, I'm showing them a picture of Kate Walsh in a purple, shimmery blouse, kooky painted nails, mm-hmm. crazy bracelets, <laughs> and she's like holding a gavel. Like, oh, what this? <laughs> And yeah, I unfortunately it has a twenty percent rating on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. But Rebecca Wright parties hard, rocks out as the drummer in a band with her best friend. Did not remember that, and presides over court in Los Angeles as one of the toughest and most respected, if unorthodox, criminal court judges in town. While being well established in her professional life, her wild child lifestyle has left her untethered in her personal life, despite a bevy of male admirers. But when an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> whose parents she sentenced showed up needing her help. He seems poised to be the guy who finally ties Rebecca down. First episode date October. Final episode date January. <laughs> it sounded like such it? a good show up Bring until the eight-year-old, though. The eight-year-old is what we, we need to get. If they had gotten a second season, they could have done what they did on Mom and just get rid of the kid. Yes. And then Because it, it, that sounded really good. Every part of that description, I was 100% on board. I really watched every episode like closely and don't remember the detail of her like being in a band. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> She's but, got the look, though. Can I yeah. ask a question about private practice? Yeah. Is it as, because the one thing when I went and watched Grades, I w- did not expect that it was so stressful. Yeah. Would, was private practice an equally stressful show to watch, or was it a, a different direction? Um, That's a really good question. I... Because it's, it doesn't play, take place in a hospital, like, uh-huh. and not all of them are surgeons, it's not like... Every case isn't testing the clock. And especially in the first season, they really lean into like Kate, like into Addison having this experience of like, what is this California lifestyle? Like you guys are all like you take like the receptionist surfs during lunch and they're like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) Um, But I will say that I stopped watching private practice because in one season finale, um, Amy Brenneman's character, Violet, who plays the therapist, is stalked by one of her patients who then attacks her in her home and cuts out her baby with a knife. <gasps> so I, does I, that answer? In a way, I feel like that answers your question. <laughs> oh, my God. Leaves her for dead, kidnaps her baby out of her body. It's oh. well, this it happened was a lot. Horrific. So. <laughs> and then so knowing that. Can you believe then that they also do, they also deliver one of the babies on Grey's Anatomy by cutting someone with a kitchen knife on a table? They do. Like, can you believe that they were like, let's do that on both? (laughs) There's not enough of this represented. Yeah. 
See, that's when they have to watch out and just be like, this person's writing a lot of weird stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Someone call someone. <laughs> just check out their home life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love <laughs> I love that they didn't think that would be a problem. They're like, ah, oh, it's been a few years. It's fine. <laughs> Let's do it. I think that there's no other way to do the story. What can I, ta- what can I say? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So what were your impressions of Grey's as like a first time watcher? I mean, I definitely was. I didn't realize that it was going to be. I guess I knew from the ads, but it, it was very um, like sex in the city. It had more of that than I expected it to have going yeah. on. But the big thing was just how stressful it was to watch. I mean, there were episodes that I was like, I really, I might be like too old or something. I like can't watch this. This is like hard. Like, I mean, the, um, the, the bomb one. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, that's real. That's a very high stress episode. Um, the shooting. I remember watching that one. It was like, oh, this yeah, is like, uh, it's really brutal. Yeah. And then the plane crash. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, each one of those, I just was like, it was not what I had expected. But also maybe like shows just are like that. And I just don't watch a lot of them because uh, I think that's probably more likely. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think that there are like different kinds of suspense. Like I had to stop watching Orange is the New Black because it was stressing me out too much because I felt like every single episode was like the suspense of a cat and mouse game where it's like, all these people are in this enclosed space. Certain people want to kill each other. And you're just like hoping that everyone can avoid yeah. the run-ins that are going to be like really dangerous or like hide the thing that they need to hide or not get caught. And like entire episodes would have like multiple arcs where that's where people are, what people are doing. And it was giving me like high blood pressure and I had to stop watching. And I feel like Grays doesn't have as much of like a no, 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 like hide quick. Like, yeah. And I, so I feel like that is the brand of suspense that stresses me out the most. But I also think that like Grace has a language. And once you kind of learn the language and you're like, okay, like this type of thing usually means that this outcome's going to happen. Like it, it becomes like, it's not as stressful for me as it was when I was first watching it, I guess. But my favorite was watching those uh, the early episodes because I was only aware of, like, the the scandals that went on. Like, yeah. those I would read about so much. And I never watched the show. So now watching the show, having spent so much time, like, reading about that, yeah. all I could imagine was, like, okay, what happened, you know? It doesn't t- always come through, which is so surprising. Like, you can't. Like, sometimes I'm surprised to realize that, like, oh, my God, it was in this episode where, like, this drama was happening and you would never know if it hadn't. And that was, like, I mean, that's, like, historic drama, I feel, yes. that happened on the show. I mean, show. I've said multiple times on this podcast that, like, talking about Grey's is a joy. I love meeting other people who talk about Grey's. But my primary ob- objective of this podcast is to pressure the Grey's industry to let me make an oral history. Oh, Because yes. I that's need to necessary. just know. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine it, <laughs> the tome <laughs> of, like, firsthand accounts? Well, the show has to end first, I think, before I, people feel like they can speak. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But there is so much of it that is ready for that kind of, I think, treatment because of the fact that even today, Catherine Heigl is still um, completely misunderstood, I feel. Like, with it, she did the uh, Instagram post... When she was in a cemetery and everyone, I think, I forget what, I think she was maybe Great at. photo shoot. Yeah. And she took a photo and then everyone was like, this is so insensitive. They made her delete it. But it's like, what does it matter to you? Like, you know. It's, oh my gosh. <laughs> I I missed that. Catherine Heigl's Instagram is, was, I've tried a couple times to like kind of get invested 
And I love how obsessed she is with her husband. That part of it is like wonderful for me. But the rest of it, I'm like, I actually have to weed this out (laughs) from the feed. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting, like what they end up doing with Izzy. They don't just like kill her off easy. They, yeah, they give her cancer and they give her hallucinations and they make like, her ev reject her it's just shocking and then she's she's what living in a trailer park no she's i think she might go back home she goes back home yeah yeah I, or at least for a, a time yeah she had it all though you know she had the millions of dollars yeah you know and then it's just like uh yeah just kind of dragging her through it you know <laughs> but yeah. you know she she definitely she put herself out there to yes. have that to play that game, you know? <laughs> were there any characters when you watched who you hated or you were like, I hope this person gets killed off? Yeah, it, it, the, That's what was so fun about the journey. Like April, I was like, get her out of here. Yeah. And then and then it's just like, I'm like, I want to go to church. You know, to April, <laughs> take me to church. I love you. You cannot get rid of me. Um, what, what was your turning point with April? I'm curious. Um, I, I think it was the shooting episode because like that mom was just, but she's the one who gets Derek shot. I know, but just like, she's like, but that like just her acting there. Oh yeah. I remember that. Even I remember that. Sarah is a good actor. Have you, that's an Instagram to really Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did she, does she do a lot of Hallmark stuff now? She does. Yeah. Or she, well, not a lot. I think she's done her first Christmas movie coming out. She, uh, you're going to get some long captions. Mm. You're going to get. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah. get captions about the process of auditioning, like the industry, how how taxing that is. She has recently gotten into dance classes, um, ah. like hip hop oh, classes oh. as a way of like stress relief. Love that for, for her. her birthday. She had a a dance class with her friends who she met from dance. <laughs> Oh. Her relationship with her husband is aspirational. Didn't they like write letters to each other for a long time? Yeah, they've been married for a very long time. He is a professor of like religious studies at Occidental. Oh, fun. Is that cool that I know that? It's, <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's okay, but not great <laughs> to know that. It's fine. Um, okay, so tell me about... The museum, and so so ABC approached you to to do we it. We worked but- with Pop Sugar, okay. who was working with ABC, okay. and then we um, had uh, been talking to Pop Sugar about doing something, and we we done a lot of like pop culture exhibits, and uh, we worked with a lot of artists, and so we kind of had them like. Um, in our network already. And so it was just so fun, like the research phase and then just kind of like pick, it was like so hard to pick like the biggest moments as mm-hmm. well as like also, you know, try to represent like the new cast as much as possible and like all those kind of things that you have to do from like a, like, um, you know, when you're, when you're working with a client kind of standpoint. But I think the art was so fun. Like so many of the fun things that we wanted to do, like we definitely got in there. Like we wanted to do um, a giant painting of McSteamy in the shower. And then <laughs> we actually, we actually had to get this. Um, we initially wanted to get like a statue of him in the shower, like in front of it too. And then we realized statues are so expensive. <laughs> we're like a little above our yeah. page. I think it's like something we are like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we can stop do that. saying then, we can do statues. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's really hard. And then so- like they really want the statue and we're like oh. but we found a man on Craigslist who uh, worked at a liquor store who had this uh, mannequin um, in his basement 
And so we went to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so sweet. Yeah. Uh, and he had it from like uh, days when I think he did window d- dressing. Yeah. I think he was just mean at the liquor store. I don't think he worked there. Oh. We did meet at a, we, a liquor store. We met inside the liquor store for sure, yeah. I could absolutely see why you would think that he was employed there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for that to be the meeting place, that would be like a huge clue for me. <laughs> I still have um, his number in my phone. He's like, if you ever need anything, let me know. <laughs> you know, he's got a full base he said. Yeah, he said he has a lot of stuff. And we had to keep that with us because we were like going to ship it. And so I had to sleep next to the mannequin because we didn't have any room. <laughs> uh, so it slept in my bed. And that was our sculpture next to a giant painting. It was Perfect. a hot mannequin. Oh, it was very sexy. And it was, oh, I would hope so. And like the best part of that is like we um, had the giant painting. Then we had the towel around the statue. And I don't I don't know where the picture is, but there was one picture of like this little kid holding McSteamy's hand, the statue, <laughs> and just like standing so in front yeah. of it. <laughs> oh my God. I and love it. that was like the first time we were like working with somebody else, like where they were like, it was like the they they had final say and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but so we, I think maybe other people would not have taken it seriously. We were like, we have to research. And then we <laughs> sat down and like watched all these episodes. And we got there and was like, oh, you watched all of this? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. This um, is, yes, um, we let the job in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what else did you have? Um, th- we had that. We had um, a an ele- a wall that was like the elevator uh, kiss, and it had uh, like the we had like um, buttons. They were like these gray buttons, one, two, three, four, five, like the elevator. And then um, we had the the kiss, like in a painting that was by Laura Collins. Um, we had a thing you could stand behind, and you could like get your gray Sloan uh, memorial badge. As if you were an intern. I love that. Um, and the paintings needed, that was like Patrick Dempsey was in them. And so uh, there was. He looked great. He looked great. Yeah. He looked so hot. But we, yeah. he, his, I don't know what it was, if it was him or like a contractual thing, but there needed to be three options. Oh. Which was a shocking discovery. And like, I was like, oh my goodness, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> three. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then didn't you guys have some like, actual like artifacts from the show so that was so cool they the prop department sent us over like um a whole bunch of stuff and we like it was like amazing they sent us the original post-it note the only one. Oh my god and they were like you cannot yeah, be careful with this lose this was it framed it we we put it in the frame and everything so they kind of send us everything like just like in packages okay. and then and then like the, I'm so dumb. I'm like, <laughs> they have it framed in Meredith's bedroom. Was it in that frame? I'm smart. We just have to find a different frame. No, wait, maybe it was framed. I don't know. The post-it? No, I think the uh, we the post-it we put it in a came frame. Frame. No, it came framed and then I had to add something to it to mount it and I didn't know how to do it without hammering it. So I like hammered in this thing uh on the back of it and I was so scared because I was like, if I if I like break this, like this is so bad. This is the post. And then uh, I somehow got it in um, and up there, <laughs> just in the nick of time, I think. And then like there was like lines outside all weekend. So like um, the last like 15 minutes, they like cleared everybody out and just like let like whoever was in the line in. And so like every single person just like stood by that post it, just like told them to, like because yeah, we didn't think it was going to be crazy. That's a very cool get. It was very cool. Um, we had uh, x-rays of like the nails in the chest and we had like those oh. backlit. Um, they sent us the Polaroid of Christina holding the fish. Oh, my God. Which Shonda Rhimes so cool. like has, I think, had that on her desk for a oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. And I love yeah, it. It's yeah. so cool. That's an amazing episode. Yeah. We got a really like um, 
uh, woodsy frame for it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, it was like a fishing line on it too. So, you know, uh, because there's a fish. <laughs> no, that's authentic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, so people kind of can understand, like, remember how fish work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, uh, we've built out the um, the bar so you could like kind of be at the bar. Uh, and like, there was so much research of that. Like Matt was like trying to like color match the the colors of the wall oh, yeah. <laughs> of Joe's Pub. We were yeah. at, like Home Depot. Like, well, will this be a forest green? <laughs> anything that you remember about Joe's Pub, it's definitely the colors of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so memorable. I'm thinking of them right now. They're dark. Um, wait, so how did you represent the most recent cast member? I'm trying to think of like what I... What it was like before the... the new slew of interns. Okay, so before like glasses and yeah. the like. Okay. Yeah. But then you still had to represent like Joe, I guess, and that the that group of Yeah. They were interns at some point. Hi <laughs> way back when. We had a dance it out um station and it would play the entire like Grey's like soundtrack. Oh that's and so, so cool. you put in like headphones and then like it was right in front of like this illustration of the three sisters mm-hmm. and they were dancing it out in the living room. That was very cute. Um, and then the opening, uh, it was very cool. We were, uh, we did not talk to any of the talent, but we did look at them from across the room. Love that. So, you know, Richard Weber was there. Ah, James Pickens Jr. (laughs) A a pro through and through. And this was like our first time in LA. So during the weekend, we were like, we have to go to the Ivy like for lunch. And like, so we went to the Ivy like while it was running and we get back and they're like, oh my God, Alex Karev came while you were gone. And we're like, Yeah, it sucks. And the Ivy like basically asks us to leave because you can't just order appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the consummate LA experience. That it's was, like yeah, it was someone super famous walked by and you didn't see it. And oh. also you're too poor to be here. Yeah. But speaking of somebody super famous, Keanu Reeves walked by outside and then somebody took a photo with him and they tagged the location. So then we were like, yeah, he was here. Oh yeah. Keanu Reeves. I bet he would love Grace. If he watched it, I bet he would love it. Oh, yeah, maybe he's got he did that come. soul. Yeah. Maybe he has. Yeah. Maybe he has. Yeah. We don't know for sure. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. What? So what were the takeaways? Did you have like takeaways from the experience of running the museum or like also just kind of seeing the fandom the that Grey's Anatomy has? I think is one of the strongest on this world. Like we were getting yeah. DMs from people that were like crying. They were like, I drove two hours to get here. That's really cool. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get in. And I didn't know how to handle that. I was just yeah. like, I turned off my phone. be like, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> And then, like, um, just, like, the love. And people, like, uh, you know, came and showed us pictures, like, of them, like, going to Seattle, like, you know, and, like, yeah. finding those locations. Um, and then people just loved every single moment. Like, we had this giant house of candles with, like, astroturf. Oh, my God. And, you, and like, you could, like, take a picture, like, laying down on You could throw your it. wedding ring away <laughs> and n- never find it again. <laughs> Except for later, you could hit it with a baseball bat. Um <laughs> Because that's what makes it authentic. <laughs> you can kind oh, of like destroy a relationship really fast in front of it. Yeah, a lot of destroyed relationships died there. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been very struck by by running this podcast and hearing from other people who listen to it and who love Grey's Anatomy. It's like I think that I don't know. I mean, I I think that like there are lots of different reasons why people like come to the show or stay with it, but it's it's definitely a very like powerful presence and like very meaningful to a lot of people and it feels I like speaking from the experience of running the podcast it feels like very special when people kind of like let you in on Mm -hmm. what their connection to Grey's Anatomy is like I get a lot of personal messages from people who like 
share with me what their gray's journey is, which is like special because that's always the first question that I ask guests. And it's it's definitely for I mean, for a lot of people, it's like out of really personal moments that they like found the show and connected with it and have stayed with it for a long time. And it reminds me that TV and the relationship that you have with certain TV shows is like can be as meaningful or personal as relationships that you have like with living people in your life because it's just like something between you and something else. So I can only imagine what it would be like to kind of like see groups of people kind of take it in. in it was person. so fun. People definitely came with like their groups of friends and it was like so cool seeing like those, you know, I feel like with Grace, like if as long as you like give it a chance, like with like an open heart, like it's really hard not to love. Yeah. Because it is so intimate. It is so exciting. It's like there's going to be a character that you're going to connect with. Like I remember when we were doing the research phase and watching it, like I would, whenever I went to my boyfriend, I was like, I have to watch Grey's Anatomy. Sorry, we're doing this. And then he would just be like, this is stupid. Da, da, da. But I would like wake up up, like and he'd like be five episodes ahead of me <laughs> and he'd be like oh yeah. is the best thing about this show <laughs> my office mate and friend at work sahar she watches grace too and her boyfriend like watches has watched some with her recently like this current season and we were talking about this past week's episode which was the 350th mm-hmm. and so they brought back some like patients including Gr- Meredith's patient from the pilot episode like <gasps> the really bitchy yeah. like blonde teen who's like do you even know where you're going oh my god and she came back and like gave like a personal testament to Meredith Grey and I like cried and I <laughs> and and not about that moment specifically it's like they bring in like a ton of patients this huge rush and it's like a surprise and uh Sahar texted me and she was like what did you think of the episode and I was like I cried and she was like my her fiance Kyle she's like Kyle cried and I was like <laughs> yeah I mean that's Grace <laughs> like Grace is like if you kind of like sit down and let yourself kind of suspend the disbelief of like these people are allowed to keep their jobs <laughs> after everything that they do you really get invested yeah and feel proud of your friends. <laughs> I love to feel proud of my friends at, at Seattle Grace slash Seattle Grace Mercy West slash Graceland Memorial <laughs> Hospital. Um, We've lost a lot of our best friends along the way, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, a lot. I mean, when they got rid of the, when they got rid of Callie, yeah. no, not Callie, um, well, Callie too, but with Arizona and um, April in like one shot, it was just like. Yeah, end of 14. <laughs> And April's journey is, like, so interesting because, like, she goes the army route and stuff and she gets so intense, you know? Yeah. It's just, like... I know. You don't her know what to expect Her becoming a trauma of surgeon people. is not what you would have expected for her. And Owen's so hot. There's just so much to love about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is the hottest guy in the history of Grace? That's such a good question. Um, it's hard to say. You see people's highs. You see people's lows. I guess... Even though I think that, like, ultimately his personality is kind of bad, I I kind of think McDreamy, Mm -hmm. I kind of think Derek just because, I don't know, if you let yourself not be bothered by the power dynamic stuff, that's hot to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think that Henry is probably, like, my biggest Grey's crush, Mm -hmm. even though he is dying 
Mm-hmm. That's Teddy's husband who she gets married to for oh, insurance Henry, reasons. Yeah. Oh, Scott I'm, Foley. I'm... <laughs> Scott Foley is powerfully. Is hot. he dead yet or is he still alive? Oh, he's absolutely dead. Christina, okay, Christina yeah. killed him. I'm not. Oh, yeah. On, no, my God. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. Oh, my God. It's so great. Like, there's so much content in yeah. Grace. No, I mean, you can impossibly. You can forget total threads. Yeah. But that was the. And she was just so nonchalant when she came out of that OR. She's like, oh, my God. He was dead before he hit yeah. the table. And you're like, no. Oh, my God. And it's just like the drama. God, yeah. I want to. I want to rewatch from like. Yeah. <laughs> just do it all over again. Wait, who do you? Who do you guys think is hottest? I think. I think. Oh, I. I would have said you know like McSteamy or Karev, but I do think. I do think Owen's the hottest. Whoa, that's yeah rough for me because I want him to die. But I. But I do. I do respect. I, mean, I do he, respect him as a hot. His entrance is just like, is there anything hotter than his entrance? It's the icicle. It's like the icicle and he's just like a trauma surgeon. He like staples his leg. It's or, just yeah. like, ah, you know, and he's it's like, very oh. aggro. Yeah, he's a man, but he also wants a lot of kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That and is he wants to take huge, care of all of his wives. He does not want you to get an abortion. <laughs> hubba, hubba. He'll, rise, he'll raise them all. No, it, he's just really hot. Um, but they're all so hot. I definitely don't think he's the hottest one on the show. I will say. I think Karev is hotter than him. Karev is also hotter than him, yeah. yeah he's I mean, Karev working with like kids and being good with kids makes him also hot. Remember the episode when he like he had to like take off his shirt and hold the baby? Yeah, do the kangaroo hold with the baby? Absolutely. <sighs> It's really, really good. Yeah, we initially wanted a lot more paintings of all the guys. Yeah, we wanted shirtless. to do like Babe's Anatomy. Oh, <laughs> uh, And they yeah. were like, there's more to Grace than just the babes. And we we're like, all right, okay. If you <laughs> say so. <laughs> but that was absolutely going to be a painting, though. <laughs> Him topless holding the baby. <laughs> um, so what is the next exhibit that you guys are doing? Um, we just uh, had an exhibit up at BravoCon. Um, so we are planning our 2020 slate now. Um, so email us and... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt's like, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, our process, for, especially for independent ones, is just like um, watching a lot of TV, you know, yeah. going down a lot of wormholes, um, seeing what we can't shut up about. And that usually is the most fun thing. Uh, so we're back in research mode, <laughs> watching the TV, you know. That's the best place to be in, <laughs> just <laughs> watching TV and being like, this is work. <laughs> this counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being thank on the you podcast. For it was us. so great to yeah. have you and talk about Grays. Uh, where can people find you uh, and also see? your stuff um we do pop up so just you know uh we're everywhere you just gotta look for us um but our instagram is thnk1994 that's like tanya hardy nancy kerrigan 1994 um and that's where you can kind of find everything amazing well thank you so much for doing this thank you and we'll see you next week forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.